Chapters 53 through 64 of The Paradise or Garden of the Holy Fathers, Book 1 by Palladius, translated by E. A. Wallace Budge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 53 of the Blessed Man Solomon. Now I went about in Antinoe in the Theobad for a period of four years, and I learned concerning the whole of the system of the religious houses which were there, for there dwelt by the side of the city about twelve hundred men, who worked with their hands, and who lived the life of spiritual excellence. Among these there was a number of solitary monks, who shut themselves up in caves, and among them was one who was called Solomon. He was a chaste and humble man, and unto him was given the gift of patient endurance. He used to say that he had passed fifty years in the cave, during which time he had fed himself by means of his labors, and he could repeat the scriptures by heart. Chapter 54 of Dorotheus the Priest And there was Dorotheus, a priest, who used to live in a cave, and he possessed more goodness than many men, and led a spiritual life of high excellence. Now he had been held to be worthy of consecration to the priesthood, and he performed the offices thereof for the brethren who dwelt in the caves. Unto this blessed man, millennia the less, the kinswoman of Millennia the Great, concerning whom we are about to speak later, sent five hundred derricks and begged him to spend them on behalf of the brethren who were there. But he only took three of them, and then sent the remainder to the wandering monk Diocles, a man of knowledge and understanding, saying, O our brother Diocles, thou art wiser than I am. I am not equal to spending these, and having taken them, Diocles was able to spend them wisely on those whom he knew of a certainty to be in want. Chapter 55 of Diocles This man Diocles was originally one of those who were greatly skilled in grammar, but afterwards he became learned in philosophy, and having arrived at the period of the twenty-eighth year of his life, he was called by the grace of God, and he departed and removed himself from the house of instruction, and delivered himself over to the promise of Christ. And having dwelt in caves for the space of thirty-five years, he said unto us, The mind which removeth itself from the meditation of God falleth into lust. Now he used to say that lust was that of a savage animal and bestial character, for he said unto us, The mind which falleth away from the meditation of God becometh either a devil or a beast. And we asked him to explain this saying unto us. And he did so, and said, the mind which maketh itself to be remote from the contemplation of God must perforce be delivered over either to the devil of lust, who leadeth it into lasciviousness, or to the evil devil of wrath, wherefrom are produced the animal passions. And he said, the feeling of lasciviousness is a bestial thing, but the feeling of wrath appertaineth to the devil. And making an answer, I said unto him, how is it possible for the human mind to be with God continually and uninterruptedly? And he said, The mind of that soul which liveth in the thought or the fear of God, no matter what it may be, is with God. Chapter 56 Of the Blessed Man Capitan Now by the side of this man there used to dwell Capitan, a man who had been formerly a thief and had lived in the holes of the rocks for fifty years at a place which was about four miles from Antinone. He never went down from his cave, not even to the river Nile, for he used to say, 
that he was unable to meet in the congregation of the children of men him that still fought with him, namely his adversary. Chapter 57 Of the Monk Who Fell And by the side of these blessed men I saw a man who also had made himself remote from the world, and he dwelt in holes in the rocks, even as did they. Now this man was mocked at by the devil of vainglory, and by the visions which he saw, and he was deluded or snared by things which appeared to approach him, and then wandered away. And he was lacking in mind, even as it is written, being exalted in his dreams, he pastureth spirits, and pursueth after a shadow. Now he was chased in his body, perhaps owing to the length of his years, or perhaps through vainglory. Yet through matters of spiritual excellence he destroyed his understanding, and he was corrupted by empty and polluted glory. And because of this he departed from the straight road of the ascetic life. Chapter 58 Of the Blessed Man Ephraim, the deacon of the church of Edessa, a certain man among the holy fathers, saw in a dream the company of the holy angels who came down from heaven by the commandments of God. And one of them held in his hand a roll which was written on the inside and on the outside. And the angels said unto each other, Who is fit to be entrusted with this thing? Then some of them mentioned one man and others another. And others answered and said, Verily these whom ye mention are holy and righteous, but they are not sufficiently so to be entrusted with this thing. And having reckoned up many names of saints, and finally said, No man is fit to be entrusted with this thing, except Ephraim. And then they gave the roll to him, and when he had stood up in the morning, he heard that they were saying, Behold, Ephraim teacheth, and his words flow from his mouth like water from a fountain. Then the old man who had seen the vision knew within himself that the things which were proceeding from his lips were of the Holy Spirit. Now therefore this Ephraim, who was one of those who had been held to be worthy of mention by the saints, traveled along the spiritual road nobly and straightly, turning neither to one side nor the other of the straight path, and he was held to be worthy of the gift of the knowledge which he possessed naturally, and subsequently he received the knowledge which enabled him to utter divine things in perfect blessedness. Thus he lived throughout the period of a certain number of years, a life of chastity and stern asceticism and contemplation, and he edified all those who thronged to visit him, each according to his particular needs. And finally he compelled himself to go forth from his cell for the following reason, namely, a mighty famine lay over the city of Edessa, for having compassion on the creatures of the human race, which was perishing and being destroyed, he spake unto those who were heaping up grain in the storehouses, for he saw that they were wholly without compassion, saying, How long will ye refuse to bring unto your memories the loving kindness of God? How long will ye allow your wealth, which is corruptible, to be means of the accusation and condemnation of your souls? Then they took counsel and said unto him, There is no man whatsoever whom we can trust to relieve the wants of those who are dying of hunger, for all the people are crafty, and they act in a lying fashion concerning affairs of this kind. Then Ephraim said unto them, What manner of man do ye imagine that I am? Now his character was held in the highest esteem by every man in the city, and every man knew that he acted according to the truth, and not falsehood. And the people said unto him, O man, we know that thou art God. And he said unto them, Put your trust in me then, and give me the means of relieving this distress, 
For behold, for your sakes, I will set myself apart to become the keeper of a house for receiving strangers. And he took money and began to fence off in the streets places which were suitable for his purpose. And he provided with great care 300 beds, some of which were intended to use in the burial of those who were dying, and others were intended for those who it was thought would live. And in short, he brought in from the villages which were outside the city all those whom famine had stricken and put them to bed. And every day he performed for them with the greatest possible solicitude the constant service of which they were in need, praying for the same with the money which came to him. And he rejoiced by means of those who supported him in the matter. And it came to pass that when that year of famine had been fulfilled, and there arrived after it a year of abundance. And every man departed to his house. Inasmuch as he had nothing else to do, he went into his cell, and after a period of one month he brought his life to a close. God having given him the opportunity whereby he might be crowned at the end of his life. Now he left behind him many books and writings of various kinds, which were worthy of being preserved with the greatest care. It is said concerning him, that when he was a youth he saw a dream, that is to say a vision, wherein a vine grew up out of his tongue, and it increased in size and filled the whole space which was beneath the heavens, and was laden with grape clusters in rich abundance. And all the feathered fowl of the heavens came and ate the food thereof. And all the time they were eating the grape clusters were increasing both in numbers and in size. Chapter 59 of Innocent the Priest Concerning the matters of the blessed priest Innocent, who lived in the Mount of Olives, I think that thou must have heard from many people, but thou mayest also learn from us not a few things, for we lived with him for a period of three years. Now therefore this man was exceedingly simple, and he was one of the nobles of the palace in the kingdom of Emperor Constantine. He withdrew himself from the partnership of marriage, but he had a son whose name was Paul, who served in the household of the emperor, and this son was caught in the transgression with the daughter of a certain priest, and Innocent was exceedingly wroth with him. Then Innocent made entreaty unto God, saying, O our Lord, give thou unto him such a spirit that he will not be able to find time to sin in the lust of the body. For he thought that it would be better and more excellent in every way for his son to be delivered over to a devil rather than to fornication. And this actually came to pass to the youth. And he liveth to this day in the Mount of Olives, loaded with irons, and admonished by a devil. Now this man innocent, the father of Paul, because he was of a most merciful disposition, though if I were to tell the whole truth, I should say that he appeared to me to be lacking in sense, and very many occasions stole things, and hid them from the brethren, and gave them unto those who were in want. But he was a simple man, and had no wickedness in him, and he was held to be worthy of the gift of the possession of power over devils. For a certain maiden, in whom was a devil, came unto him, and whilst we were looking at her, the devil smote her, and threw her down upon the ground, and made her body to wreathe and twist about. And when I saw this, I wished to dismiss that maiden, in order that she might go to her mother, because, on account of the cruelty or violence of that devil, I thought that she could never be healed. And whilst I was pondering those things, the old man innocent came, and he saw her mother standing and weeping, and tearing her face with her nails, and plucking out her hair because of the great madness, and the gnashing of the teeth, and the contortions of her daughter. When therefore that blessed old man saw her, 
His mercy revealed itself because he was grieved on account of her tribulation, and he took the maiden and went into his martyrium, which he himself had built, and wherein was preserved the blessed relic of St. John the Baptist, and having prayed there and made supplication unto God, from the third unto the ninth hour, he gave the maiden back to her mother, and she was healed on that day, and he drove away from her the devils and his struggles with her. Now the strugglings and contortions of the maiden were such that when she spat, she spat upon her side instead of away from her. To this extent was her body twisted. And again a certain old woman lost a sheep, and she came to him weeping about it, and took her, and said unto her, Show me the place where thou didst lose it. And they came, therefore, to a place which was near to the grave of Lazarus, where he stood up and prayed. Now certain boys had stolen the sheep, and had already killed it. An innocent having prayed, and the boys being unwilling to confess that the flesh of the sheep was buried in the vineyard, a raven suddenly appeared, though wherefrom no man knoweth, which had taken a piece of flesh from the carcass, and stood over the place where it was. And when the old man saw this, he perceived that the sheep was buried there. Then those boys fell down and did homage to him. And they confessed that they had taken the sheep, and paid the price thereof to its mistress. Chapter 60 Of the Blessed Elpidus In those caves, which in ancient times certain men had hewn out of the rock in the valley of the river near Jericho, wherein those who had fled from before Joshua, the son of Nun, had gone up and hidden themselves, there dwelt Elpidius. Now he was a Cappadocian, who had been converted in the monastery of Timothy the Chorpiscopus, and he was a wonderful man, and was also held to be worthy of consecration to the priesthood. And he came and dwelt in one of these caves, and he showed such patient persistence in his self-abnegation that he surpassed and eclipsed many thereby, for he followed for five and twenty years his rule of life. And during that time he only ate food on the Sabbath day and on the first day of the week. And he dwelt like the chief and the king of the bees, among the cells of the whole brotherhood. And he used to rise up continually during the night and pray. And I myself also dwelt with him. And he made that mountain to be so peaceful and to contain so many inhabitants that it resembled a city. And during the night season, a man might see the various works and the labors of all kinds, which appertaineth to the ascetic life being performed there. One night when this man, Elpidius, was reciting the service, now we were with him, a scorpion stung him, and he crushed the insect, without either leaving the place where he was, or being in any way moved as a man usually is, when he is suffering from the sting of a scorpion. And one day, as he was holding in his hand a vine branch, a certain brother took it away from him. And as he was sitting by the side of the mountain, he dug a hole and pushed the vine branch into it, like a man who was planting vines. And although it was not the time for planting, the vine branch sprouted and grew very large and spread its branches abroad until it covered the whole church. Now the name of that brother was Aeneas, a wonderful man. Chapter 61 Of the Blessed Man Eustathius Eustathius was a brother of Elpidius, whom we have mentioned above, and this man followed so strenuously after the acquisition of impassibility, and made his body so dry, i.e. emancipated, by the labors of vigilant prayer, that the light of the sun could be seen between his ribs, 
And of him the following story is told by the brethren who were continually with him, that is to say, by his disciples. He never turned himself towards the west, because close by the side of the door of the cave was his mountain, which, because of its mighty bulk, was very hard to ascend. And he never looked at the sun after the sixth hour of the day, because the door of his cell was hidden by the shadow of the mountain, so long as the sun was declining towards its place of setting. And moreover, he could never see those stars which appear in the western part of the sky. And for five and twenty years from the time when he entered the cave, wherein he dwelt, he never went down from the mountain. Chapter 62 Of the Blessed Man Sicinius Now this holy man, Elpidius, had a certain disciple whose name was Sicinius, who was a slave by birth, though a free man in the faith. By race he was a Cappadocian, and it is necessary that we should make known the fact that he was so for the sake of the glorifying of Christ, who hath made us worthy to be counted his kinsmen, and to be exalted to that true family which is full of happiness, of the kingdom of heaven. Now therefore, when this man Sustinius had passed some time with Elpidius, and had struggled to lead the ascetic life strenuously for a period of seven years, he at length shut himself in a grave for three years, and he endured such privations therein, that neither by day nor by night did he sit or lie down, and he never went out herefrom. And this man was held to be worthy of possessing the gift of authority over devils. Now that he hath come into his own country, he hath been held worthy of the gift of the priesthood, and he hath made congregations of men and of women, which, according to a sure testimony, lead lives of purity and chastity. He hath trampled upon the lust which is in men, and he hath bridled the voluptuousness of the women, so that there hath been fulfilled that which is written, In Christ Jesus there is neither male nor female. Galatians 3.28 And he was a great lover of strangers and of voluntary poverty, which was a great reproach to those who are rich and miserly. Chapter 63 Of the Blessed Gadii, Gadanius, the Palestinian, and I saw a certain old man, whose name was Gedai, who lived without a shelter all his days in the places which were by the side of the Jordan. On one occasion the Jews rose up against him in fierce hatred or zeal by the side of the Dead Sea, and they drew the sword against him, and one of them took a weapon to smite him, when the following great and wonderful thing was wrought upon the man who dared to lift up a sword against the blessed man. The hand of the man who had drawn the sword withered immediately, and the sword itself fell upon the ground. Chapter 64 Of the Blessed Man Elijah And there was in this place a solitary monk called Elijah, who used to dwell in a cave, and he passed his life in performing the works of spiritual excellence, and was worthy of praise. One day, when a great many of the brethren thronged to him, now his dwelling place was a cave, he lacked bread, and he made apologies to us, because he was troubled on account of the insufficiency of the bread. Now, therefore, when the brethren went into his cell, they found three loaves of bread, and when twenty men had eaten and were satisfied, there still remained one loaf, which, one said, satisfied him for five and twenty days. End of chapters 53 through 64